What up, everyone? Welcome back to the Macchiato Podcast. I'm Raj, chilling with you. Caramel Macchiato. Dude, I forgot to introduce myself as Caramel Macchiato for like a solid 20 episodes, I feel. So, damn it. Never mind. Let's move on with life, right? right? Life's all about uh, moving on. So, wow, it's been a, uh, it's been a long week. Yeah. I, I did like, I did, I'm going to do three shows. I'm recording this on Saturday morning, kind of. La. And then so I'll put this up on Sunday. Um, by the time you hear this, I would have done three shows this week. Uh, so I did the open mic on Tuesday and I did check in friends on Thursday. And I wasn't originally planning to uh, get, you know, sign up for it, right? It's just that it, it, a lot of things just kind of fell in place. Because Thursday I had a run. Um, it was like a JP Morgan, some don't know what run, 5.6K. Uh, and then a lot of finance companies came down and they were running. I ran into a couple of people that I knew and stuff like that. I, I got a pretty good time and I did kind of train for it, right? I finished the 5.6km in 28 minutes, 14 seconds. That's not bad. I mean, it's no, it's sub 29, which is kind of like a goal that I had. I've been training for it for quite some time, but I forgot I was training for it. Um, yeah, you know, eating right and a lot. Good luck. I mean, I'm glad that the many, many things that I'm doing you know, bit by bit, slowly, so that, such that I can get a lot of things done at the end of a year, at the end of five years, at the end of 10 years. So yeah, not bad. Things pay off. The little pieces that you do every single day. But the race itself was damn shack. I was really like pushing myself, man. I was like dying. It was crazy. Um, I, I remember like thinking to myself like, wow, am I unfit? Like when you're running and then you think, did I not train enough for this? It's because that suffering right means you are pushing yourself because you know you're not obviously doing at a comfortable pace you want to get a good time right so the adrenaline and then like people around you are going at a certain pace then you subconsciously try to match them you know somewhat like you know gets a bit of an ego bruise when someone overtakes you you get a bit of ego benefit when you overtake someone or when someone just stops because of cramps and whatnot yeah that kind of thing man yeah and I was like saw the next day. So I knew, okay, la, not bad. Good timing, really push myself. And then next year, I'm going to try to beat this timing and then keep it going. Um, you know, I've been doing this plant-based thing for quite some time. And I uh, realized that my weight has dropped. Uh, and that probably helped with the run as well. So I guess I'll just keep it up. Even though I'm not doing it for weight loss, I'm just, I just enjoy you know, eating more veggies than, than meat and carbs when I get the choice. So, yeah, it's, it's a very personal reason. More capitalist than socialist, to be honest with you. Um, okay, so let's run through the shows and anything else that happened this week. Um, okay, so Tuesday's open mic, I did like pretty much a brand new seven-minute set. Now, the reason I say it's pretty much brand new is because the first half of it, I did it, like that was my first ever three minute set it was actually four minutes back then um i could i trimmed it down to about three minutes um which i did in the merry line it's the cranberry set that i had on my youtube um with uh, amazing 166 views thank you so much for the support <sighs> okay so i kind of brought it back and i realized that you know the tempo and things are quite different so i'm trying to relearn it trying to be more present and bring it back to life and connect it to a brand new uh second half so a brand new four minute three minute kind of set uh with the punches and stuff so with that new one about half of it 
kind of landed and killed. The other half kind of fell flat. And uh, I got to figure out, you know, how to really sharpen it up and make it hit with more people. I feel like I keep resonating with people who are like my age um, or, you know, people who are like my age, but also locals. I got to think about how, to, how, do I, how do I crack open expats? How do I crack open boomers? So that's, that's kind of the next thing, like, you know, trying to write something that is killer in every department. And then like the topics which kind of kill in every department, right? You know, that's like your, you know, family, money, sex, um, that kind of thing. Maybe politics, religion, that kind of thing. So, but those topics are so exhausted, you know, by a lot of people. Um, but so I got a lot to learn. Like I got a lot to implement. On Thursday, I had the run and then I, I had a nice vegan dinner and went to Jack and Friends at the parlor. Uh, this time I wasn't given seven minutes. I was given five minutes. It's because I was replacing someone who had dropped out and then they had five minutes, right? So it's like, for the sake of the show, um, I don't think it's because of my skills. Uh, I was given only about five minutes, but it was good. I kind of brought back a little bit of riffing. Very little. Like It's not even riffing because it was written. So it, when you are making fun of the room that you're in, so it becomes, so it's kind of like the elephant is the room, right? So you have to address that elephant in the room, which is the room itself. Like, oh, you know, the room looks like this. And then like, then you play off that, right? So because the parlor is very small, uh, very close-knit, right? People are, like the, the front row is, no joke, less than one meter from you, right? So if I fell, right, I would have taken out two rows. That's how, like, that's how close they were to me. So it was interesting that no one else really addressed it. So I wanted to address it. And uh, not bad. So I really do enjoy writing some comedy club specific jokes. So that's not really riffing. That's just, you know, that's also written material. And uh, it kind of works because it helps you be more present as well. So, yeah. So I, I don't think that's riffing. And it does kind of stand the test of time because the places where we are, um, they're not really going to change. So you can address it. Uh, in my opinion, lah. so I'll see how it goes, see if people continue laughing at it, see if it affects anything. Because, you know, the humor is in pulling out something from the subconscious and highlighting it to the conscious. So I remember when the panning was happening, happening in the Maryland, they put the seats in a certain way. Then I addressed it because I think I was like one of the first few comics and no one else addressed it. So I said, like, I'm not sure if this is a comedy club or economy class in an airplane. And that killed. Even the comedians were like, that's that was really good like you really caught that you know like whoa um so that was something i enjoyed uh when there was performances at the lemon stand after the comedy club show there were a lot of speakers and drums on stage and i was like oh this place looks like a white guy's basement and that killed as well so these i don't think these are riffing this is like roasting the environment which is you know i, I love roasting i think I, I i think i'm just gonna pretty much be considered an insult comic kind of like jeff ross or maybe Jezelnik. Um I do stories and stuff like that, but pretty sure my niche is roasting. So, oh well, that's just that's just some boy school shit. Mm, okay, so that went well, and then I did some of my really dark stuff, and they did respond to most of it. They, okay, here's the thing: in my dark set, 
the few jokes that land, right, they kind of land consistently. So I'm really considering taking out the jokes that like almost never land. You know what? I, yeah, they pretty much, they, they've landed like once or twice only. So I feel like I'm wasting everybody's time if I keep them in. Unless I can rework them and like make it a very quick, quick punchline, one-two combo setup kind of thing. Because um, it's like kind of like two to three jokes, which are, which each take up about 15 to 20 seconds, maybe, yeah, around there. Maybe, let's say 15 seconds. So that's 45 seconds, which I can really use for some more killer stuff. So I'm just, I, I don't want to be wasting any more words or time. So that's the kind of thing I'm figuring out. Um, yeah, and then the idea that, you know, something I've been thinking about a lot is, I don't think we can really wrap our minds around how many people are in this country. You know what I mean? Like a number, like 5 million, a number like 6 million is like, you would think, okay, it's some big number, right? But then like, if you can try to imagine, like in your mind, picture 5 million people, it's like so difficult because there's like, I've been in a classroom with 35 people. I've been in a lecture theater with about 200 people. I've been at a concert with about, I don't know how many people. That's, I think, a few thousand maybe. No idea. Um, and then I'm thinking about, in Singapore, there's like how many millions? So it's like, if a, if a concert has more than, okay, like a concert has, let's say, 5,000 people, right? Can you imagine 1,000 times that? That's the number of people in Singapore. So there's so many people, right? So when you're testing your material on open mics and stuff, you know, open mics, I feel like sometimes five people show up. Sometimes 10 people show up, 15 people show up. You know, that is not really a good, um, how to say, testing ground to think if, you know, this will appeal to a lot of people. So that's the kind of thing I'm kind of navigating. I'm trying to teach myself like, okay, you know, it's you're kind of still appealing to some sort of niche. I just don't know what that niche is. And uh, it explains why when there's so many different shows and these shows do their marketing and these kind of things, there's still minimal overlap. So that's impressive. That's really impressive. That's kind of why comics repeat their jokes so often. It's because there's just so many people that you're almost never going to run into people who come for your show twice or thrice, you know? Unless they're diehard fans and they want to see the same stuff again. It's not like music. Like music, people will, you know, people don't get tired of it. But comedy, because one of the key elements is surprise, shock and awe. You can't keep doing it. So, you know, people would rather spend money on other comics. Like Russell Peters is coming to town. Um, my girl asked me if I want to watch. I was like, yeah, I would love to. But then the cheapest ticket is like 100 per person 108 per person i was like no thanks russell is not russell's not worth 108 dollars right kevin hart sure russell no like russell is a last time comedian you know what i mean it's not that good now it's like the maroon 5 of comedy i'm not interested yeah my girl was like fun fact the maroon 5 is coming as well yeah i'm not gonna watch them no thanks i got some writing done today morning some you know semi-fresh ideas and you know sometimes ideas don't leave you alone so i just had to shit them out onto paper and then like the idea is just blah, 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 blah. like no sequence or structure so then like after the brainstorm is completed i'll reorder them see how to tag and see how to call back see if the sequence makes sense do my rule of three you know really work it out like really work it out 
you know, that's kind of, is that the hard part? I have no idea which is the hard part. Maybe it's overall hard. Like, maybe it's, I don't know, I love it so much. I don't even like to call it hard. It just, it requires some element of focus. Yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know. And I've been thinking about how it seems like I'm at my limit when I'm coming of coming up with things to do with my time. You know, there's only so many things that I can do sustainably. Like I thought about how, you know, I could spend my commute reading or something like that. But sometimes I'm just too tired uh, to read in the commute. Sometimes I want to write instead. Uh, that kind of thing. Sometimes I just want to space out. Um, I don't sleep because I always stand in the train because standing is way more comfortable for me. Those seats are like fuck, like right angles. So annoying. Um, so, you know, I'm trying to do my writing and stand up and my day job and fitness and my relationship, keeping everything going. Um, you know, uh, it's, I wouldn't say it's the easiest of things because, but it, while, while it's, not exactly easy i love doing it so it feels easy you know big picture long term kind of thing and then i was thinking like ah oh man it's like i kind of have to sacrifice something for here and there because even if you have time you don't have energy to read as much as you want to so that really sucks like you don't need energy to watch netflix you know like i just finished up the manifest because uh, there's a new season so-called like a half season but it's like 10 episodes it's pretty much a season so i don't know what netflix is doing uh, so i watched that and uh you know it was tight it was tightly written probably because they were squeezing a few seasons into one right so i don't blame them it was good yeah it was good I'd like to see the characters go through some trials and tribulations you know almost as many trials and tribulations that i go through uh when i try to get a fucking tea at yakun you know, I have to queue. I have to queue for an hour, and they give me this weird buzzer shit. You know, and even before that, right? When I try to pay, right? I don't know why the guy operating the cashier is always like some autistic Malaysian guy. You know, he can never understand what I'm saying. You know, like he's Chinese, but he's Chinese Malaysian. It's like, like, and he, I know he understands English because confirm he knows what payday means, right? But what I said, copy. Oh, kosong. I said, te o kosong. And then he's like, a la carte? I said, yes. Then he was like, do you want anything else? What the fuck does a la carte mean, bitch? Okay, never mind. Um, so, then they give me this stupid vibrator. And I have to wait another half an hour. By the time I get the tea, right, I'm already dead. You know? I, <laughs> you know how you're tired and you get tea so that you can wake up? Like, I try to get tea before my shows. Because the shows are late at night. And because I get up early in the morning, I'm exhausted by like 7.30 p.m. So I get and try to get some tea. And I was like, oh, you know what, you know what, dude? You know what, dude? Fuck you. So I'll just go and get a fucking oolong tea can from a vending machine from now on. That is my, like, that's gonna, that's gonna be my solution to everything. Vending machines. Uh, this, and then these companies, Yakun will charge fucking $8 for Teo Koso. Nonsense. Probably paying for their stupid buzzer. Uh, Wait, why did I come here? Ah, trials and tribulations. Manifest. Yeah, manifest. Mm. Okay, they're doing a bunch of weird uh, woo-woo stuff. You know, just chalk everything up to all these uh, fantasy things. You know, sci-fi. Not even sci-fi. It's just fi at this point. Um, but okay, you know, it's kind of followable. I just love some of the characters. You know, I love Egan. Dude, that guy is just so snarky. I love it. You know, kind of want to be like him when I grow up. Um... That guy, uh, yeah, my girl, 
the coolest thing is my girl actually watched this show properly. She didn't just like do other stuff and then let it play in the background. And then she kind of knows what's going on. She actually gave a shit. So shout out to her. I'm going to probably have her on uh, next week. You know, we're going to do a nice long chat and then I can break it up so that I can take a break from podcasting for a while and uh, come up with some new ideas, you know, gather up some, some experiences to do more podcasts in the future. Because, like, it's not easy, man. Even I'm not even at episode 60 and I'm kind of running drive with ideas. All I do is ramble, you know. My two listeners are getting bored with me talking about writing and rehearsing and going for two shows, three shows, four shows a week, you know. But it doesn't matter. I mean, it doesn't matter in a sense that, like, you might be bored with it, but, like, I don't care because I'm not doing this for any other reason than to practice my delivery. Yeah. And, like, just get comfortable with speaking and speaking and speaking and speaking um, such that, you know, when you internalize this habit, um, you can do it even under pressure. You can do it even when the spotlight's on you. Like, and the spotlight at the lemon sand especially is so bright you cannot see past the front row it's crazy got some advice from one of the other comics about my seven minute set uh, which has been doing quite well but it starts slow right so he gave me some advice such that I can start punching hard and really start killing even in that first minute you know don't waste any time uh, use the time well to deliver huge laughs you know if you're not doing frequent laughs huge laughs like you can do it like the setups isn't really the punchline doesn't sorry the setups don't do the punchline justice so that kind of thing so i'm reworking it i love getting feedback dude like i realized that like i would rather accept the so-called ego bruise of a feedback of advice that kind of thing and think it through and then apply it instead of like not getting anywhere or bombing or you know just not being the best you can be you know you only know so much people have experience perspectives the way they approach things it's all valuable i would i would love to learn from someone else's experiences perspectives mistakes even so that's good stuff that's really good stuff yeah I i feel like the so the comedy scene you know it's very strange there's a little bit of politics going on kind of but that's not what you should be concerned with you know the comics themselves they're helping each other a lot you know they're helping each other improve each other's bits and stuff you know like colin was like i help eugene write um and both these guys are really funny and that was interesting yeah uh and jinx was telling me that your writing is good just keep at it and uh soon you will get where you want to be that means a lot coming from jinx you know jinx is 42 He's been doing comedy for such a long time and uh, for him to like my stuff and give me advice, you know, I love it when the big guys tell me um, they like my stuff and I should keep at it, you know, that means I kind of, it's nice to be recognized and uh, it's nice to, it's nice to be noticed as someone who either has it or has shown that he can do it. So that's, that's really, that's really heartwarming and kind of makes me more inspired to come back and then do some crazy stuff, you know? Yeah. It's kind of, you know, I listened, grew up listening to Eminem and, uh, you know, he talked about how he studied Ice Cube, Ice T, Naughty by Nature, Jay-Z, Nas, Dre, and uh, how he figured out his own style and that kind of thing. So that was fun. 
I watched this, uh, I listened to this podcast with Eminem and Mike Tyson, and he was talking about his Super Bowl performance, and uh, the mic pack just fell off him and w- during the actual performance, and he was like, how can, you rehearse this so many times, and then you mess it up, you know? And he was like, he said something which was damn funny. He was like, I know the lyrics to Lose Yourself, which I found it very funny. Because <laughs> that's like, that's first of all, that's his song. And second of all, that's like his signature song. And then, because he was so flustered, that he was like, he <laughs> emphasized, I know the lyrics. But that day, he was like flustered because it was the actual thing. And then the mic pack flew off and then like was dangling between his legs. It just looks funny and awkward. Um, apparently, no one caught it. And they cut it out of the footage such that it looks like a nice streamlined performance. Um, but you guys, I don't, I don't know. Try to see if there's clips la, of Eminem, Mike Tyson podcast because like I've never seen Marshall so vulnerable and so self-deprecating. You know, he's always been the tough guy, but you know he's 50 now, and oh, he's shown a lot of maturity. So that's interesting. It's really interesting. Maybe. Obviously, I'm not as mature as him um, at, at his current age, but I would love to shake up, shake up this comedy scene, like what M did to rap in like the late '90s, like really, or the turn of the millennia, you know, like really make people be like, "Whoa, what the fuck is this? This is this is like completely changed the game," you know, do like some multi-syllable things. And uh, do all kinds of creative things that you didn't even think of. And because of the tough life he had, right? He just has that suffering and he relies on it. Yeah. So, not bad. I think it's a good inspiration for my comedy as well. My girl pointed it out. She was like, you're kind of, you know, it's kind of apparent that you are um, inspired heavily by M. So, not bad. It's the... The dude that I was listening to since I was a teenager, even though I don't listen to them anymore, must have really, must have really just touched my heart la, and made me who I am, a little bit at least. But that's kind of what music does. That's kind of what art does, right? It changes you. It either changes, you no, know, maybe it awakens who you were all along or who you were supposed to be. Hmm. Some weird deep way to end this pod. I uh, hope you guys are having a good week. I'm going to end it. Ugh, I'm really exceeding my time. <laughs> good rambling stuff. Uh, I'll catch you guys uh, next week. I'll try to get my girl on so we can do another couple talks, which for which will go another, hopefully, four episodes, maybe more than that. We'll see how it goes. Have a good one. Peace.